The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Our friends at Podswag.com have gotten an incredible promotion for you right now. When you purchase any of our glassware, such as pint glasses or LaGreca pub glasses, you'll get 30% off. That's right. 30% off on all of our glassware, which is the lifeblood for all our daddy sodas and LaGreca shit. So take advantage of this deal while you can, because supplies won't last. Once they're gone, they're gone. So the glassware that we have available at podswag.com slash busted open, that's it. So when they're sold, you ain't going to see them again. So make sure you go to podswag.com slash busted open. I am drinking currently out of my busted open bully Ray glass. Nice. So I'm drink I'm drinking out of that. So and then and then once the show is over, maybe even before the show is over. I have my Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA, and I'll be drinking that out of my uh, La Greca Daddy Soda pub glass. Make sure you get them right now at potswag.com slash busted open and get 30% off. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, and I talk about the two WWE A&E bios from last night. The one on Yokozuna and the one on Charlotte Flair. And wow. So we have some great stories that our Hall of Famers want to share about both those bios. And we do that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We were talking about the A&E bios from last night. And, and, Mark, and Mark and Bully, the Yokozuna one was, I, mean, I wish, last night they had two that were an hour. I wish the Yokozuna one was two hours long. And I that's why I thought we'd bring it up today because I know you both probably have stories obviously about the family and Mark, obviously you, um, I know you have stories to share that probably Man. didn't air last night on the bio. You know what, Dave, uh, uh, a thing that a lot of people don't know, uh, about Rodney is he could fucking hoop. When I say play basketball, I don't mean like, uh, he's a, he's a big dude. He could, he could probably no. I mean, he would post you up. He could dribble with both hands. He would put you on his hip, and then he would turn the other way. The only thing that I can say is is his game reminded you the way Magic Johnson looked. 
He had a hook shot with both hands. He could drain the three. Like the all, they, there should be an all-time basketball playing pro wrestling team. Dusty Rhodes would be on it. Yoko would be on it. Undertaker would be on it. Billy Gunn would be on it. And listen, I've taken I've taken my fair share to the hole. Well, I never seen you hoop before. We used to go to Bar- the Penn State. And places like that that had the gyms that we had access, I never saw you in there. Wow. I'm like Woody Harrelson and white men can't jump. (laughs) Mark, I've seen you dunk the ball. Yeah, I can play. But when you said Rodney would keep somebody on his hip, so basically that was three feet away at all times because that's about how all times you didn't have a shot. (laughs) No, you didn't have a shot. You know, Godfather and Big Show could go too. Um, but like Yoko, he was a really good athlete, man. Not just, uh, I, I hate what happened with the weight and the anxiety. I think, I think Yoko also the pressure of being the real tribal chief, the, the pressure of his whole family relying on him, uh, was a, was a reason why he ate the way that he ate. And, and and Dave, I never paid for nothing. I drove the car. I went and picked up the rental car. It was in his name. I picked him up at the airport, put his bags in the trunk, and we went off to, on the tours because I was his young boy. That's the way it and should be. I never paid for nothing. He bought my food. If I wanted to go in the store and get some water after picking getting gas, he'd hand me a 20. Bring me a bag of chips, too. Like, I never paid for nothing. He took, and, and if you ask Junior, if you ask Kishi, Kishi will tell you, Yoke paid for everybody. And it's 30 or 40 of them. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine that? I mean, he he was making money though. I mean, but just because you you was the guy that that was the breadwinner for the entire he he took care of the tribe, bro. It's a special place in heaven for people like that. He I, I guarantee you, he never said, "Hey, when you get yours, pay me back." I guarantee you he never said it. And and you can ask Kishi, if I'm not on with y'all, say. Keish, did, did Yoke ever say, hey, man, when you make it, pay me back? He would laugh at you and, and, and get halfway pissed off if you tried to pay. He would have, man, you might have, you might have an issue with Yoke. If you, if you pulled your wallet out, I guarantee he'd be like, what you doing? And, hey, hey y'all should call Undertaker, too. When Yoke raised his voice, it was, it was scary. His voice was, it, it vibrated. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like it, it resonated with you when he spoke aggressively. We went to a, we went to a club in the, in, in, um, in California. I think it was Vancouver. And the, the VIP, they sold us, Hey, y'all can sit here in this area. 
Well, all these little triad dudes came in, all these little, you know, mob guys, you know, they came in. This is our area. You know, you can't sit here. Yoke said, the, uh, the, the door guy said to sit here, man. Y'all go deal with them. And he said, no, no, y'all got to move. Like, we got people coming. And Yoke said, I said it once and I'm not saying it again. Get your fucking ass out of my face. Bro, I got scared like, oh, shit, he's going to hurt him. <laughs> like, he was, he was a tough, tough dude, man. And shit got raw. And I watched him slap a couple of those dudes straight to sleep. I'm talking about Night Night, Night Quill, Melatonin, whatever. I'm talking about slap. (sighs) Heavy hands, man. Not a punch. A slap. And Undertaker will tell you, when, when he got... When he got going, bro, it was hard to stop him. And, um, man, I, I love that dude. Um, I miss him a lot because he taught me humility. He said that was the point of carrying somebody's bags because you have to learn to humble yourself. Get out of your ego. Stop being so damn prideful. And, and he was the one told me, he said, do you know Jesus washed people's feet with his hair? And I said, no, nah, I never heard that, yo. He said, well, read the Bible. <laughs> That's, I'm, hey, Mark. And if he, he talked to you like that, go read the Bible. Mark, the, b- before you ever spent one day in the WWE system, who were you? I was Mark Henry. World's strongest man, right? Yeah, I'll shit. I Went to the Olympics, right? Yeah. Pretty big freaking deal for this country, right? Yeah. Who and were I you wish... when you stepped who were you when you stepped into the WWE? Nobody. My point, Absolutely Dave, nobody. is to back up Mark's story about Mark carrying the bags. This is Mark Henry, the world's strongest man represented United States of world's strongest man represented the United States and of America. In the Olympics, no higher honor can be bestowed upon you. But you, when you enter our world, you are a nobody. And as a nobody in our world, you will carry our bags, and that will humble you and teach you the ways of our industry, the right ways of our industry, the slow and steady ways of our industry, the ways that you will learn respect on the way up because one day there's going to be a way down and you need to come up the right way because you need to learn how to come down the right way and carrying bags and doing everything that Mark talked about. Cause I did the same thing for vets back in the day, whether I drove them around or I got them eight balls or I, or I went, went and did whatever for them that taught teaches you how to be humble in, in this business. And that is something that is missing today. The things that guys like Mark had to go through, or I went through, or Tommy went through, traditional paying of the dues is a huge part of the wrestling business that is almost gone today. Two things that Vince McMahon did for me, um, well, maybe three, because he did give me a shitload of money. 
Um, the other two things was key <laughs> keyword shitload. <laughs> the, the, is put me with Yoko because I I had heat in the locker room. People talk about the heat that Miz had. Miz ain't had no heat. I was threatening to kill people. Like you too little to be talking shit. Shut the fuck up. That's what I was telling vets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was different. And I was not afraid to go. So, hey, bring it. And the other thing was shipping my ass off to Canada because I got to be with Owen Hart and Bret Hart and know the Hart family. And that shit has carried me through my career. And both of those were moments where I had to learn how to coexist in the locker room. It had nothing to do with wrestling. It was it was respect, humility, and how to deal with situations. I I really had never had nobody try me as an adult. I got tried when I was a kid, but I got into wrestling. People started talking shit to me. I'm like, who are you talking to? And they taught me how to deal with it. And I teach it every day. I sat I, in the airport after 12 hours of work yesterday and talked to a young wrestler that just got I, that that just got signed to a deal. And I told them everything that was going to happen, the way it was going to happen, verbatim. One thing after the other. I didn't have to do that. Dave, I didn't have to do it. I was in the airport. The PA going off, we're boarding in five minutes. Like I'll, I didn't have to do that, but I did. Because I want to. I choose to play that role. Bully is a bully. And I guarantee you. There's probably a collection of about 15 wrestlers that call him every month and go, hey, man, what you think about this? Uh, what what course of action should I take? How should I address this issue? Yada, yada, yada. Am I wrong? You're, you're, you're very right. And I would never so, divulge names, but. No, don't, you know, never no. have to say names. But there's a responsibility to the business, especially and the people that call us, they're good. The ones that are on the fringe, they wouldn't call us <laughs> because they feel like the shit that they saying might be beneath us. But the ones that do call, they really need some advice and they want to know what, how you would go about it because of your experience. I and what's the number and, and Dave and, and Mark, what's the number one reason why they call guys like me and you? To be a buffer sometimes. I I'm, with me is hey, um I can give I can get a job. These people, they can get jobs. It's not it's not a question about getting hired. It's um uh, how should I negotiate my contracts? Um uh I might have heat with this person. Can you can you, you know, call them and check the temperature? Shit like that is what I get. And then I, I, I think get all, 
I think to narrow you tell that me down, you're, where you're going, I think I, you're you're right. But to narrow it down, I know we got to go to break. They call guys like me and you because they know guys like me and you will not bullshit them and tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. No matter if it's a contract, a match, or promo, they're calling up and going, okay, give it to me for real. Because everybody in the back is telling me how great it is, and I know it wasn't great. So how can I make it better? For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for so check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Give me a hell yeah! We are full speed on the road to WrestleMania. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, a SiriusXM podcast. Join me and the Busted Open team every day for the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. It's all leading up to WrestleMania in L.A., where Busted Open will be coming to you live April 1st from the iconic Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood. To find out how you can join, stay tuned to Busted Open or on Twitter at Busted Open Radio. Download Busted Open every afternoon on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Charlotte Flair is one of those topics, guys, that we bring up with the nation, and it seems to to divide the nation, and I still don't understand why. After watching her bio last night, again, more evidence why I just don't get it, but she is one of those wrestlers, Bully and Mark, that you guys were talking about that immediately. Here, here she is in a match, and she's been there, done it, multiple world champion, uh, a, a tremendous athlete, and right after her match at WrestleMania, she's going into the back, finding a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and asking him about it the match. And again, not trying to get smoke blown up her ass, but like wants to hear, like, what could I have done better? Don't tell me what I did right. Tell me what I could have done better. And this is somebody, Mark, that is on the highest of levels in the WWE, and she still wants to be a sponge and get you know, more knowledge from somebody like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dave, that's that's all of us. We we all do that. And and this is gonna go back to the Yoko doc. Um I'm driving in the car and Yoko's in the backseat sleep. And probably about an hour and a half into the drive, he wakes up and wants to go to the bathroom and get something to drink. And he says, uh What'd you think about your dark match? Because I was working dark matches during that time. And uh, I said, it was all right. And he said, how the hell are you supposed to be good if you're dealing with all right? He said, I've been in this car. He said he wasn't asleep. He said he was in the back seat <laughs> chilling. But he was asleep. <laughs> he said, I was in the car for an hour and a half, and you ain't asked me shit. He said, that's what the car is for. You're supposed to be asking me questions. Wow. So you, in the old school way, that's the way you get taught. The matches were just a workout when you first start. Dark match, it's a workout. To go, go try to do the stuff you learn how to do. The car is the why, when, and where you do shit. The psychology piece. And, man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I would not be me if it wasn't for Yoke because um, that's that old school way still works and exists. And f- I, I feel bad almost for the people that's at NXT and, and the young people that's doing dark matches at AEW uh, because they don't have the car. They're riding with each other. They don't know shit. There's, there's now, now, now the acclaimed, the acclaimed got Billy Gunn, and 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 the guys that's that's is bully, bully in church right now. Yep. And and you and you look at, um, you look at Sodom Singh and all of those guys. Sodom Singh is gonna be good as hell one day. He got Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt. Like they are educating this dude, and he'll come and sit with me and go, uh, "I, I want to do this," and I go, "No, that that don't fit you. Like, don't do that. Like, do it, do this. How about this? Go, go practice this, and, and they'll go to the ring and they'll work on it. They, they, they're they're being groomed. It take time. Charlotte knows that. Listen." You don't think that Charlotte has got master 
doctorate class psychology because of her dad. And she could, you know, Charlotte don't deny the fact that she learned from her dad. And sometimes it was hard learning because dads talk to their kids like they're kids, not contemporaries or one of the boys. So I feel bad for Charlotte in a way, but I would rather, if I was Charlotte, and I'm sure that she feels this way, I would rather go ask Steve Austin than to go ask my dad because he's going to He's going to browbeat me a little bit. Dave, and Dave, why do I always say I feel bad for Charlotte? Why? Because she has nobody to work up to. And if she has nobody to work up to, she has nobody to learn from. And there's very few in the back that she can actually talk to that are going to be truly in tune with what her abilities are, who can give her good advice. Uh, with me working with the NWA or Impact Wrestling, let's just say um, uh, Ricky Steamboat or Ric Flair were to be working for either one of those companies on a regular basis. The very first thing I would be doing at this stage of the game is I'd ask them, can I drive with you guys? I wouldn't ask if I could drive with them. I would ask, can I drive you? I'll pick you up at the airport. I'll take you to the hotel. I'll take you to the building. I'll bring you back to the hotel. I'll take you to eat. Can I drive with you, please? Can I drive you around? Because I don't have many people to learn from anymore. If me and Mark were on the road together, me and Mark would probably drive together just so maybe. Me and Mark are going to sit there in a car, and we're going to agree on 95% of the things we talk about. But maybe we could glean one or two little things off of each other that maybe he learned from Yoko that I never got a chance to learn, or maybe that I learned from funk that he never got a chance to learn. But for us, you always want to be around the bigger brains of the industry. I get paid a lot of compliments because of my psychology and the way I I look at pro wrestling and how I'm able to break it down and yada, yada. That's not just because, it's not just happenstance. I spent years with Paul Heyman. I spent years with Vince McMahon. I spent years with Pat Patterson. And I spent years around other guys. Listen, Vince Russo, Bruce Pritchard, plenty of minds that I was able to learn from. And that's what a lot of wrestlers, younger wrestlers today don't do. They don't go to the to the, the more mature, sophisticated minds to learn from them. They turn to social media. I, you're I, not, not going to learn a damn thing reading social media. I, I do want to say this, Bully, because, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I do want to just throw out the other side of something that I was able to see. And I know we've discussed this on the air before, but when I when I was at NXT, when I when I did the NXT pre-show back in October for Halloween Havoc, and I talked about what the culture was uh, in that locker room for NXT. And I saw it firsthand because you have the Shawn Michaels and you have the Terry Taylors that are back there. But I saw the wrestlers kind of gravitate uh, towards them, asking questions. But I also want to bring up having some of those NXT wrestlers on our show, Bully. 
Carmelo Hayes and a Zoe Stark and a Gigi Dolan. And, and there's been a lot of names where it almost felt like they were interviewing you and interviewing Mark. Like they had questions for you guys. And like, you know, Carmelo Hayes talks about how he listens to the master's class every week. Cause he's like a sponge and wants to learn from you guys. I think there are younger wrestlers and I know it's tougher because the travel is not the same like it used to. But I think there is a there are younger wrestlers out there that do want to get knowledge from the veterans, that do wanna that do want to be coached, that do want to get that. I think there is a pocket of younger wrestlers that do want that. Dave, I'm not talking about NXT when I'm talking about uh, giving these examples, because in NXT, they're bringing them up the old school way where they will ask questions and they do have plenty of veteran talent around there. The Shawn Michaels, yada, yada, that they can learn from. I'm talking about all the indies and every other company out there. I can't tell you how many times I have younger wrestlers come up to me and say, did you see my match? No. Did you ask me to watch your match? If you ask me to watch your match, I will. That tells me that you truly want feedback because you came to me beforehand and you made it a point to say, can you please watch my match? Not asking me afterwards, like, oh, did you see my match? No, I didn't see your match. I might have listened to it. Might have listened to it. Heard it in the background, but no, I didn't watch because you didn't have the you didn't have the wherewithal to ask me beforehand. And where does that problem start? The same place all of the other problems start these days: wrestling schools. And this is why I want to do a master's class on where the problem with pro wrestling really is, because people can tell you on social media can tell you anything they want. Oh, wrestling is so good right now. It's another renaissance. It's a boom. It's that. No, it's not. There are many problems with the wrestling industry right now. And all and people always say, well, the problems start at the top. In, in my opinion, the problems are starting at the bottom and how young wrestlers are being broken in these days. And I think it's across the board. Like I, I know from, and we talk about music a lot here on this show, but you know, it used to be like a younger, young up and coming band would tour with a big band and then watch how it almost like how it's done. All right. Oh, this is what you do on stage. Oh, this is how you write a song. Oh, this is how you prepare for a show. And that's how you learn. I think, I think Mark, the travel aspect has kind of been taken away because it's just a different, it's different stuff. But I think that, you know, to, to bully's point, I think this is where with AEW having house shows and now live events for AEW is going to help because now you're going to be traveling from town to town, but you're also going to be getting more reps in the ring. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't I don't have that big of a problem because I have people like Marina Shafir and um, Nyla Rose come. Hey, Mark, can you watch this and let me know what what you think? And then as soon as they come from the ring breathing heavy, they come right and sit next to me and go, okay, give me the business. <laughs> because they know, <laughs> be fucking brutally honest, because it's supposed to. And why would you do this? Because it didn't make sense. 
Or why would you do that? Y'all took it y'all took it away, but you never went back to it. Like there there's things that happen where you're you're supposed to tell a story to where an eight year old can understand. And we get away from that because we think we're too smart sometimes. I have to remind people, hey, you know you uh, have eight-year-olds watching. And then they go, oh, shit, yeah. I, did, I get, did I get too complicated? Yeah. I didn't understand what you were doing. So I know that the little kid didn't understand. And don't mistake busy for good. There are a lot of people in pro wrestling today, they're busy. They're doing unbelievable things, Dave. They're doing stuff that we could never dream of doing. And, for example, you you watched the main event with Kenny on Wednesday. Yeah. I couldn't have begun never to do none of that stuff. None of it. And I admire it. And they did a, a pretty damn good job of using action and storytelling. But there's some people that just do the action and there's no storytelling and then it just don't resonate with me. Um, but I, I enjoyed the hell out of that match. Uh, I, I think that uh, Conan has got a superstar on his hands. And, you know, Wednesday, talking about the main event, Bully, on Wednesday night, uh, Kenny Omega and um, um, yeah, Vikingo. Yeah, but what do you mean by Conan has? Oh, Conan, meaning he runs AAA. Okay, I understand. He runs what you mean AAA. Now. Yes, yes, and he yes. was. He was at the. He was actually in the back. He was there, and it was good to see Conan. I miss him. He was one of the one of the good guys to me. He was always kind to me, and and used to tell me, "Hey, man." Um, you might want to do this, you know, do that. You know, like there's some guys that volunteer information. Uh, we have we play favorites. Remember I told you I play favorites? Yep. I have my favorites. You watch Will Hobbs, and you see that Will Hobbs is slowly becoming me. Well, I, I, you know what, Mark? I, I And I know we're up against a break, but I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I take notes when I watch all the shows. And when I was watching Rampage on Saturday night, I thought that exact same thing. Because one of the things that you've been saying about Powerhouse Hobbs is know your size, know your strength. And he's up, he's up there against Penta. And what did he do? He threw Penta around like a rag doll during a lot of that match because it's like Penta tried to do some of that crazy stuff. And you know what? When Hobbs was able to catch him, he drove him into the mat. Like, yes, and then I was thinking to you, Bully, how did, how did Penta get an advantage on Hobbs? By going after his knees, by going after his legs. Like, that's how you go after a big man, by knocking him down to size. You know, I mean, I I, I don't want that match to get lost because I know it was on Rampage and it was on Saturday night as opposed to Friday night. But to me, that was the best thing about Rampage on Saturday night because that match, because there was a lot of psychology involved in that Penta Powerhouse Hobbs match on Saturday, Mark. To your yeah, point. it was it was awesome. Um, I, Jacob does not like the bells and whistles. He loves QT, but he don't like all other stuff. 
I, I would like to see what people think, you know, about uh, does Will Hobbs need bells and whistles? Does he need other things around him? I think that um, the the whole QTV thing is um, is is good conversation, um, and I hope that it, it it works, you know. But does does Hobbs need it? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman, and we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball, and thankfully Jordan and I are going to tell you about every single one of them. Someone has to do it, and that's going to be us. Season preview season is here, and we're going three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can download the Baseball Barbacast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. I was really surprised by that promo on Friday because, you know, we were talking about that. I thought the WWE has done a really good job, especially on SmackDown, to get the crowd to boo Rhea Ripley, especially with, you know, what we're seeing with Dom. Now, that may go in a completely different direction after WrestleMania. But, man, first of all, there were what chants during Charlotte's promo. And... I, I hate those what chants. But, man, you want them to get even louder? Make mention that there's what chants. And that's just going to make people say it that much louder. That's exactly what happened to Charlotte on Friday night, Mark. Dave, you don't you don't control the crowd. The crowd is going to do what they want to do. You have to manipulate the crowd. Charlotte did not manipulate the crowd into the good side the babyface side. She got rattled a little bit because she feels like already, like, you, I deserve your respect. I, don't, I mean, right at this point, guys, do I have to, I have to earn it? You trying to make me earn it? Come on now. And she went into basically a heel promo because it was easier. Be, sometimes being a pro is when stuff is not easy, you still have to stay the course. Because if it was it was if it was not my day to get that baby face reaction, then it just wasn't my day. I was gonna stay the course and just play the baby face role. If that was what was needed. Because that promo could have been completely different. And you can talk about nepotism. You know what? If I was y'all, I would be jealous of having Ric Flair as a dad, too. He was awesome. But don't think for one second that everything was all peaches and cream with Ric Flair being my dad. Ric Flair was not in the gym when I was working on these muscles. He was not in the training facility when I was taking all those bumps. He was not in the gym when I was trying to live up to his name, his reputation, and who he was. I accomplished all of that in spite of Ric Flair being my dad. And I know that very well because my son is going to have to do it. He's going to have to persevere and grow despite having a dad like me. 
So Charlotte, she could have went that other. And by the end of her talking, saying that, yeah, you're right. Let me sit down and shut up and listen to what you were saying. And but you know what, you got to manipulate them. Mark, Mark I absolutely okay. love your promo. Yeah, I love your promo. I, I I love Charlotte standing out there and saying, Rick wasn't in the gym at five o'clock this morning doing hack squat. Charlotte was. Rick wasn't, you know, uh, doing this uh, th- at, at night. Charlotte was. Rick wasn't in the, in the ring beating Sasha Banks. Charlotte was. Rick wasn't the one main eventing WrestleMania. Charlotte was. Rick wasn't the one d- do it like that. Charlotte was. Rick mm-hmm. didn't wrestle my matches. Charlotte did. So, yes, with everything that my dad has accomplished, props to him. But what my dad did not accomplish is becoming Charlotte Flair. Woo, preach. That's that's what that's what it is. That's what but, it is. But see, basically, pro- she... Go ahead, I'm sorry, Dave. No, I'm saying both your promos are coming from the heart. What I didn't like about that promo from Charlotte, and I'm in the minority, like... Most people did like her promo on Friday, but what really, what I didn't like, first of all, acknowledging the what chance. You don't ever acknowledge what you're, you're too good for that. You know, just fight through that shit. You know, you can use it as emotion, though. You can use it as the spark to start your fire. I would say, listen, you're going to what me? Okay, what me? But let me tell you this. This is the reason that I feel. I'm feeling, guys. I'm not just talking. This is my feelings. I will talk over them, Dave. I have the microphone. Yeah, I know, but that, but what she did, I thought was 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 wasn't great. And that is that she was talking, she got flustered in the middle of a sentence, and she's like, "Are you guys really wetting me?" And then she went back to the beginning of her sentence, like she was reading off of like you know a speech a after card. she just won an award. Like no, like you don't know. You acknowledged the what chance. You went back at the crowd, and now you're going back to the beginning of your sentence. It sounds forced. It sounds scripted. Roll with it. And I just didn't feel like bully that she rolled with that promo on Friday night. No, I I agree with you, Dave. I'm not quite sure why she acknowledged the what chance. And I got to tell you, I can't think of anything else in the history of pro wrestling that was designed or just said off the top of somebody's head to be fun that has become so detrimental to the entire industry those what chants are stupid the what chants are designed for steve austin's crowd interaction that's it it just it just happened one night and that's all it should be reserved for Steve when he comes out there. Not to 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 step on somebody's promo or try to hijack something. It's it's just awful. It's uncalled for. It's the it's the negative or ugly side of some wrestling fans and what they'll do. I don't see any purpose in it. I would never have the audacity to do that with somebody actually one time I did. And I realized how big of an asshole I was for doing it at radio city music hall. One time I tried to heckle dice and he gave it to me. Good. And I laughed at myself. And then I was like, why did I do that? What you're a jerk for, for heckling somebody. And that's the way I look at the, at the what chance they're just, it's stupid. Busted open as part of the Sirius XM sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast 
Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 